Blog Talk Radio. Wrestling, and we was actually in a bar. 
by the way. So that's how I got my start. And then I had my first match, like, maybe three months later. So this was around, like, 2015, early 2016 when I got my start in the wrestling business. Now, going to Luke Hawk School, that's going to give you kind of a really good credibility uh, when you are trained there. I know that in Mississippi there are a few promotions running. How easy was it for you to start getting established coming out of a school like Luke Hawk's school uh, there at Wildcat? Uh, did you find that it was a little bit easier than you thought to be able to start getting bookings on shows? Where was it harder? Where about what you thought? Oh, uh, the thing was, I, I never trained at Luke Hawk School. I just went to visit with him and talk with him about prices and everything, and I couldn't go there because it was like the prices, I couldn't afford to to pay the price because, you know, going to New Orleans like every other day was, you know, plus gas. You know, gas was high, so I just didn't go there. I actually trained at a school in uh, Kill, Mississippi, um, Southern Championship Wrestling. And with that promotion at Southern Championship Wrestling at the time, they got this thing where – you know, they're not going to let their green guys, you know, get bookings and travel. So I kind of had to stay there and hone my skills for like maybe a year. And then I left there and then I went to another school, another promotion out there in Louisiana. It was a new promotion. It's it's established now. It's called Ele- uh, Elevate Pro out there in the Chalmette area. And uh, so I wrestled out there for a little bit and then I left there and then I'm currently been with Diamond ever since, so that was like 2000, so I've been with Diamond since like 2017, on and off, but I've been on with Diamond for about two years, so since 2019, I've been kind of on the Diamond Championship wrestling so consistently. Um, as far as bookings go, um, it wasn't really hard for me to get bookings, I mean, I could get bookings, but like, it would be bookings at other promotions that wasn't really like good promotions, you know what I mean? Maybe if I had trained at Wildcat, it probably would have been a little easier. But since I come from, since I trained at a smaller, lesser-known promotion, it's kind of hard for me to um, actually get these bookings. Like it's a little harder. I have to work a little harder. But I just have to constantly promote myself, which is what I've been doing lately. So because of that, and then joining wrestling groups on Facebooks where it's full of wrestlers and promoters, you know, we've been trying to like kind of networking there, and uh, so. That's how I kind of be getting my bookings, really, like either networking with somebody on Facebook or one of the boys in Diamond, you know, like looking out for me, say, hey, I got the spot for you at this promotion, want to come, and then I'll free up my schedule to go to that promotion at work. Uh, Diamond Championship Wrestling is a promotion that we here on Turnbuckle Turmoil have been familiar with. Uh, we've had a few of the people from Diamond Championship on the program over the years. Uh, we even had the promoter Gene Miller with us at one point. And I've been impressed with the promotion they have, or at least did have television statewide in Mississippi, which is a big deal for a lot of independent companies to have. Not a lot of promotions have actual broadcast television. And they've been a growing company for the last four or five years. What do you think makes Diamond Championship Wrestling kind of stand out as a home promotion for you? Well, I mean, honestly, it's the only promotion that kind of like gave me an opportunity when I left those other promotions and I thought they was better, you know. But um, so, yeah, they kind of just give me an opportunity and it's like and I also get the rest of my hometown, you know, what I mean, so that's my only perks with that. Um, so we kind of we're, we're, we stepped away from like an actual broadcast television. We're kind of doing more of our own like streaming thing on Facebook, where we just air the show live on you know Facebook Live and everything. But yeah, nothing I guess, wrong. I think with it's a pretty good promotion. Kind of a trend in wrestling. Now, oh, what was that? For the fans that aren't necessarily familiar with you. You are kind of a um, combination. You do a lot of high flying. You do some of the hardcore uh, type of stuff. And 
for someone to be successful in uh, multiple genres of wrestling, multiple styles, it takes usually a lot of training, a lot of uh, making sure the body is conditioned just right. Do you have any specific diet regimen that you have to adhere to in order to be able to pull off what you do? Uh, some of it is is either in you or it's not, you know, but uh, I do have a diet regimen that I've been following as, as of lately. Um, I'm actually working with an independent uh, wrestler as well who's also a personal trainer slash fitness coach. His name is Sean Legacy, and he's out in the Georgia area. So y'all should, like, reach out to him and interview him. So that's, like, my coach. He's been helping me out with my uh, diet and with my, you know, and, and my weightlifting as well, you know, giving me extra techniques and everything. But really, like, it's just it's just within you, you know. There's, like, not really a, a certain diet or nothing you have to follow to, like, pull off the stuff that I do. You know, you just want to make it look good and make it look believable. And that's what the work King is about. He's just making everything, you know, he look, he's, he's, he's just about working or making everything he does believable, and he believes that he is the work King. He believes that every time he steps in the ring, it's war, it's destruction, and somebody's going to be a casualty, whether it be himself or his opponent. Now, for someone like yourself, uh, you're still kind of young in your career at this point, but everybody that gets in the ring has the match where they say, that was the best match I ever had. It seems like everything went really well. It just felt really good to them at the time. Sometimes the feeling will last for a long time. Sometimes it's really quick before you have the next best match in your career. But at this point in time right now today, what would you say has been your best match? Matter of fact, my best match up to date, it would have to be my recent match. Uh, it was me and this guy named Brimstone. We was a tag team, and we was going up against this other tag team called Main Event. And I'm actually in a few with one of the guys with Main Event. i kind of been in an on-and-off few with that stable, that faction anyways, Main Event. And it was a tag match, and it was really good. I felt like I performed at a very high level. You know, I feel like everything I did looked great. You know, I didn't really, you know, because, like, I'm a, I'm a really hard critic. Like, I really critique myself so hard on everything in the ring. Like, when it comes to how I move around the ring to execution of moves and, you know, throwing work punches and everything. Like So, like, that night was, like, everything just clicked and it was just perfect for me. I mean, there was one minor mistake. Excuse me. There was one minor mistake in that match, but everything just flowed so well. So I say my last my last match, which was on my actually it was on my brother's birthday. So I guess that may have something to do with it, <laughs> with me performing so well. Sometimes that definitely makes a difference when you have things like that to kind of give a little extra motivation. Now, there's nothing wrong with here little, in the uh, era of wrestling that we are in right now. Uh, things are still sort of returning to normal, especially on the independent level for wrestling. One of the things that has become more commonplace for independent promotions that are still trying to put out content and keep their names in the minds of the fans is the cinematic match. A lot of independent promotions have figured out ways to do cinematic matches and incorporate it into either a streaming service or on their YouTube channels or whatever the case may be. Have you personally ever done any type of cinematic match? Uh, no, I have not. <laughs> uh, I've, I haven't seen, I haven't seen, I'm not speaking for everybody else, you know, I've, I haven't seen that on the Indies yet. Um, I've only seen that on, you know, like WWE and AEW, you know, um, but if that's going to, and, and Lucha Underground, of course, but, you know, if that's going to be a new thing, then I have no problem with it. You know, I would actually prefer that with the uh, with the older wrestlers who can't move around in the ring like they used to, so they can still throw punches and kicks and fight. So I'd rather, you know, have cinematic matches with the legends that, 
you know, can't really take bumps and everything in the ring versus them having an actual match and sticking out the joint, you know. So I have no problem with cinematic matches at all, just as long as they're produced right and they're great, you know what I mean? Because there have been some horrible ones out there that just uh, just cringe, but I have no issue with uh, cinematic matches. Well, we are now to the point in the show where we have a game that we like to play. We call it Bring On the Choice, Bring On the Funk. I'll give you a series of two options, and the option that is your own personal preference is the answer. Are you ready for a round of Bring On the Choice, Bring On the Funk? All right. (laughs) All right. Here we go. No right or wrong answer, so don't feel any pressure. First one, trunks or tights? Tights. Leg drop or elbow drop? Ooh. <laughs> you know, that that's hard because I do both, but uh, I'm going to go with elbow drop since I do that more. <laughs> Ring of honor or impact? Uh, you know what? I'm going to go with impact. Swimming or jogging? Jogging. Waffle House or Denny's? I'm a, I'm an independent wrestler, man. Everybody knows Waffle House, so we we picking Waffle House, man. <laughs> Marvel or DC? Marvel easily. <laughs> drop kick or spinning heel kick? I'm gonna go with drop kick. Rick Flair or Ricky Morton? Uh, why must you do this to me? <laughs> why must you do this to me, man? <laughs> why must you do this to me? I only say this because uh, Ricky Morton is a Gulf Coast legend. I mean, not only he's a legend in the wrestling business, but like he's really a legend uh, on the Gulf Coast down here. So, <laughs> so I'm gonna go with, I'm gonna go with Ricky Morton. Sorry, Rick Flair. <laughs> Go, Ricky Morton. <laughs> All right, the final one: eighteen foot ring or sixteen foot ring? You said a fifteen foot or sixteen? Eighteen or sixteen? Uh, I'm gonna go with sixteen because I haven't stepped foot in the eighteen foot ring yet. All right. Well, that completes that game. Now uh, you said. You were very familiar with the Waffle House being an independent wrestler. Uh, We don't have them up here in the Pacific Northwest, but I am very familiar with them in other parts of the country. It's kind of standard. They're open 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and wrestlers have to eat after the show when most things are closed. I know a lot of wrestlers that have had a lot of interesting Waffle House tales in their day. Do you have any interesting <laughs> Waffle House tales? Uh, actually, I don't. I mean, the only thing, uh, only thing I can I can really remember about going to Waffle House with like one of the wrestlers is that uh, like he just only eats like potatoes, so he just got like this two big old things of uh, hash browns and everything, and he just ate both of them. And I was just like, really? <laughs> Normally, like, see me, like, when I travel, I kind of travel solo. So, like, when I go to a promotion or, like, a promotion that's, like, three hours away, you know, I just worry about getting home and everything, you know, because I've been on, like, many road trips growing up since my dad was in the Army and things like that. So, like, we only stop for, like, gas and maybe food here and there, and then we just, like, trying to get from point A to point B. So that's just my mentality when I'm traveling. I just be trying to get from point A to point B, then I stop at McDonald's or something if it's open to get something to eat really fast. Well, right now yeah. my co-host Randy Zellers is standing by, and I know that Randy has questions for you, so I will pass things over to him. Hey, what's up, War King? How you been, man? What's, I'm going, man. I'm doing good, man. How's it going, Randy? Hey, good hey, good stuff, good stuff. Hey, shoot, my best friend. I have to tell you, my best friend, my best friend in the whole wide world, I call him my brother. His last name is King, and that's an honor to have another King in the wrestling business. I have to tell you that. Got to give you a prop well, on hey, that. I appreciate it. Well, I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> man. 
Yeah, and not to say, hey, you know, you were born in Tacoma. That's awesome. That's really awesome. Um, I live only 45 minutes away. I live in a a Navy town called Bremerton. Okay. <laughs> yep. And not to and not to say, you know, I mean, uh, um, being around, I mean, wrestling with uh, legends and. I mean, well, older folks and legends in their own right and stuff like that and in the same ring is a blessing. Um, I got a question for you. Um, have you ever taken any seminars from any um, high-profile wrestlers? Um, yeah, I actually took a seminar with uh, Shane Douglas, like oh, a rookie Shane year Douglas. in the wrestling business. Yeah. Yo, how was that like? Cause I I love me some Shane Douglas. I mean, I mean, I I just remember when I saw him, you know, outside of the WWE when he threw down the EC when he threw down the NWA heavyweight titles and declared himself as the ECW champion. Man, how was yeah, that like that. as a seminar? Yes, yes, that was awesome. Oh, I mean. Yeah, I mean, to me, I look at him as he's like a gangster in my book <laughs> in wrestling because he was he was straight to the point. He was, oh, man, he was a, I mean, yeah. he was a heel. How was His your experience was, like with Shane Douglas? Well, when I met him, I mean, he was like really like a cool guy. He wasn't like standoffish or nothing like that. Like, we was able to walk up and talk to him. You know what I mean? He wouldn't have no problem with that. Um, now, I will say that I wasn't like everybody else in the locker room that was marking out for him because they're like, they ain't never seen him before. I mean, that was my first time seeing him, but I kind of just walked up to him like he was a normal person, and I just talked to him. Is that third? The seminar was very interesting because the first, I want to say the first hour, maybe hour and a half, two hours, I'll say, we spent most of that time listening to him talk or bury Ric Flair, shall I say. Like, he really genuinely does not like Ric Flair at all. So he was just burying him and burying him. And then once he got in the ring, he was pretty much teaching us, like, the basic international spot that every wrestler goes through when they first uh, start training. And he was kind of tweaking everything. And what I learned from that, looking back at it now, what I learned that that was balanced, footwork and timing on everything at first like at the time when i was looking at it, i was kind of upset and i kind of felt let down because i'm like here i am i paid my money and i'm i'm in the ring with a wrestling legend here and he's not really teaching us anything other than what i do on a daily basis at wrestling training so i was kind of let down but as i evolved in the ring and in my career and i'm looking back on this it, like okay maybe i learned a lot even though it was so simple but i learned a lot and like I said, that was footwork, balance, and timing because those are very key things in the ring, very key components of being a great performer in the ring, especially timing. Timing is everything in the wrestling business, in the ring. But, yeah, other than that, it was very interesting, man, just listening to him kind of bury Ric Flair. I kind of was just laughing because the funny thing is my trainer's favorite wrestler and idol was Ric Flair, so he was kind of just sitting there like, should I say something or should I just let him talk or like, well, how do I feel about this? And it was just, it was just hilarious. Yeah. So I did his seminar. Um, if you, are, I don't know if you guys are familiar with uh, Brutal Bob Evans. Yeah. Yeah, oh, so yeah. I did his Brutal seminar Burger. Too. Hey, he, he, he did the, he did the homie cheeseburger wrong, man. <laughs> I, um, so I did his seminar. But um, I, I heard around the campfire that Brutal Bob Evans knows his stuff. And oh, and yeah. whatever, when he comes back up to Washington again, I'm taking a seminar. Yeah. But how was oh, your yeah, experience very like? Genuine. Oh, he was very genuine. He was very informative on the wrestling business and everything. And he told us, like, how to carry ourselves and do the drives. And he's always giving out advice and everything. And always giving us advice. And the main thing he told me, crazy thing is, like, when we were doing drills and stuff, you know, he was telling me to just pace myself. And him and, uh, he had Tim Hughes with him, and, like, he was, I guess they played a rhythm because I was running the ropes too fast. So, like, I had to duck every clothesline that, uh, Tim Hughes would throw, and he would get lower and lower and lower, like I was playing limbo. 
<laughs> and I almost passed out because I didn't eat anything that whole day. But fast forward to the next day, we was all supposed to have, like, uh, just five-minute matches with uh, everybody that was there. So since I didn't do the first day, I didn't have my match the first day, I had to wrestle Brutal Bob the second day. Like, for some odd reason, he picked me. I don't know why he did it, <laughs> but he did it. He picked me, and it was just it was crazy. And, uh, and the main thing I learned from him, wrestling him, was slowing down letting everything settle in so people can get invested in me. And then the funny thing is about that whole match, he tried to get me to – he told me to throw a super kick. I've never thrown a super kick in my life. So when I tried to throw the super kick, I slip and fall on my face. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I was like, I've never thrown a super kick before. <laughs> oh, man, it's all good, though, bro. But at least – um. Hey, at least he at least he left you at least he handed you a super kick to use during your matches though. I still I don't even use them in the match because I never I still oh. can't get it down. <laughs> so ah. I did it just with him. <laughs> hey man, it's all good. It's all good, man. You still you still young in your career and still young in age in your career and stuff like that. You got that going for you. I mean. Oh, I got yeah. Hey man, I, I mean, I just made five years in the business. Just made five years in the wrestling business. <laughs> hey, five years, five years is something to be proud of because I've seen people that can't even make it their first month. Yeah, I so know. be blessed. I, I've seen it too. I'm, I'm very yeah. blessed and humbled that I, I'm still around. You know, I'm looking to. Um, I'm actually looking to travel more now. Once everything yeah. starts opening back up. I'm actually looking Heck to travel yeah. more, so I'm looking. I'm looking to break into the Florida market since I got a promoter out there that's been trying to get me to get out there for the longest time, but time had never worked out. So I'm trying to get to Florida. Louisiana's not really running right now, so like they have like Louisiana promotions that come over to Mississippi and run. But I'm really, I'm really looking in Alabama, Florida, Georgia, and Texas, and maybe Tennessee. Hey, man, them is some goals that a northwest that a northwest wrestler would love to do because that's more southern but east coast at the same time because I mean, heck, if you look at way back in the days, man, the south was like it for wrestling. Either you're wrestling down south in wrestling or you're wrestling um northeast coast of wrestling where it's all mm-hmm. like commercial, more like oh, yeah. fancy dinner jackets and stuff like that, you know. Mm-hmm. But I gotta go. To but home, man, when they speak. My but thing is, man, like my one of my main goals is. Uh, I'm sorry to cut you off, man. I was just. Uh, oh no, go <laughs> ahead, I man. Thinking, man. I, I was just thinking, man. My uh, one of my main goals is to wrestle for the Holy Grail of wrestling, and that is the National Wrestling Alliance. To me, that is like the mecca in the South for Southern wrestlers. So I really want to wrestle for the National Wrestling Alliance. I want to give myself maybe a year to two years, maybe three, to get there. And I'm hoping they're still running by that time. Well, I have to say, with your physique, what I've seen, and your wrestling ability, you can make it. Because ain't oh, no one sure. gonna tell ain't no one gonna tell you no. You tell yourself no, and that's it. If you just keep I on just keep on plugging and tell yourself yes, yeah, you're gonna yeah you're gonna make a name for yourself. And to tell you the truth, I'm already proud of you because I mean I you're that. you're you're wrestling in the South. I mean, and with all those barriers and all that and all the prejudice in the air down there, you really making yourself a household name down there, you ain't got no – shoot, all the way to go is up, my brother. Hey, you're right That's about that. Way. Yeah. <laughs> up or out and, the door. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, and I, mean, I mean, with you and your tag team partner, you guys have some really great chemistry. Oh yeah, man. That's actually uh, my best friend outside the ring, man. Like I actually, uh, <laughs> well, he's actually a diamonds heavyweight champion right now. So we're kind of doing our solo thing right now. Like we're, like we're still a what? team, 
But, like, we didn't have – we didn't do, like, the traditional tag team breakup where I turned on him or nothing like that. We kind of just split up a little bit. Like, he's doing his own thing. I'm doing my thing. But, you know, like, if I'm able to have his back, I'll have his back, just like he'll have mine. Hey, but yeah, he's well, Diamond Championship uh, heavy, heavyweight champion right now. Yeah, that's – and you know what? And that's the way a team is supposed to be because we all know in the wrestling business – Jealousy is one ugly thing. I got some jealousy oh, yeah. stories when I first started and everything else, you know, other people being jealous of me and stuff, but I never really saw that growing up or anything like that, you know, because, you know, jealousy jealousy is real ugly. And, I mean, you see it on TV and stuff like that. It boils oh, down to a, a person was, yeah. Yeah, it's, and it's, I mean, uh, it's it's something else, man. Especially in this in this industry, it's it's crazy, man. You you would never think like a bunch of grown men were at like, you know, little kids, you know. Yeah, little kids or or little or girls from high school and shit like that. Yeah, you would like you would never like you would never think like I never I would I never thought until I actually started when I you know joined the wrestling business I would be backstage and because I was. You know, I always dress nice or I look good, you know, and I look better than other people. You know, I would, quote, unquote, get heat for that. And people thought that I had an ego problem or something. But I'm like, no, this is a business. You got to treat this like a business. Yeah, you, you got to treat I mean? it like, like a job. <laughs> yeah, because you yeah, got to like treat it's... it like a job. And Yeah, and that's that's the way that it's supposed to be. Yeah, now, I mean, right. you're doing everything what you're supposed to do. And everything else, I commend you on that. But I got a, I got a few questions for you and everything else, okay. um, because um, I know that you're out there investing in yourself from a scale of one to ten, investing, investing in yourself in the wrestling business. Wow, yeah. uh, you do give that from a zero to ten, investing in yourself like, like going out there. Going on pro tees and stuff like that, getting reaching out to people to get you some logos and stuff. How important to you is that from a scale of one a scale of zero to ten? I'm I'm gonna say a hundred. It it is everything because that's the main thing that's gonna help you get over. That's the main thing that's gonna help you build those bridges with other people and that's how you get your name out there and that's how you build your fan base and that's how other promoters, you know what I mean, they come looking for you because like it's out there. So they're like, Okay, I'm starting to see this like I'm starting to see the War King a lot now. I can see what he's about and then I'm gonna reach out to him, you know what I mean? And that that's how it is. Like like self promotion in any aspect of entertainment, any form of entertainment is key and is very crucial. So from a scale of one to ten, ten. <laughs> yep, ten. All right, you gotta have it. You got to, All right. especially like in your, especially investing in your gear. That's the main thing. Like you gotta, you gotta invest in your gear. You gotta invest in your look. Like you don't have to have a a physique like Batista or Bobby Lashley or Drew McIntyre or nothing like that to make it. But you want to at least try to be in somewhat good shape so you can look good for not only yourself but your opponent too. Because Promoters also look at that. Like, they look at all of that. Like, they don't just look at how you work in the ring and, you know, they look at your gear, how you present yourself, your attitude, how you are backstage, you know, how do you mingle with the guys or the boys and the girls, you know, everything. They look at everything. So everything is crucial, especially like if you're coming in on time or you're showing up late. You know, all of that counts. All of the little things really count. Yep. Yep. Because I remember, um, I, I'll share a little story with you. When I first, when I first started in the biz, I mean, mind you, I was only, um, well, I'll tell you this much: nineteen, like eighteen, nineteen years old. I wanted to get into the business, but other people had other plans for me, like going into the military or doing this and doing that. Um, it it just wasn't for me and stuff. Working for the government wasn't really for me, but I messed that up on my own terms. But when I finally <laughs> gained the access to wrestling, I was 30 years old. 
I'm 41 now. <laughs> and and to tell you the truth, I mean, I mean, yeah, a couple other folks just like, yeah, well, look at Diamond Dallas Page. He was like 30 something years old when he first started. Well, I'm not Dallas. I'm not Diamond Dallas Page. Right. You know, I'm not having the big names coming after me or approaching me. They took. I mean. I mean, yeah, I may not look my age, but but you but we all know that secret with um with um you know with certain entities, black don't crack oh, yeah. unless you smoke it. <laughs> <laughs> but but um but I do wanna but I do wanna elaborate on one more thing here before I pass you off to the to the homie QT. Um, when you say the Waffle House. I had experience of the Waffle House when I was like 13. I love the Waffle House. I do but too. Here <laughs> in the Northwest, but here in the Northwest, you know, we do have Denny's and everything else. I'll cooperate and eat me some Denny's, but if there was a Waffle House, oh yeah, definitely hands down. <laughs> I'll I'll have me I'll have me a couple plates of food. I call. I take a picture of that, and I call that a crime scene in progress. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with that, man. But yeah, man, you know, all over the South and the Midwest, you know, we got Waffle Houses. You know, I mean, we got a Denny's down here too. We got an IHOP, but you know, Waffle yeah. House is is like popular. You know what I mean? Not only for the the late night travel independent wrestlers, but you also got the bar hoppers and the club people, you know, like they'll yep. go to Waffle House when they're drunk after you know, like three o'clock in the morning, you know what I mean? So like Oh, you already Waffle know. House is just a spot. Yeah, so Waffle House is oh. just a just a popular breakfast spot, you know. <laughs> yep. Hey, speaking of that, y'all got a show needs down there? We show had needs. uh yeah, we had it. I think the the owner closed it down. But yeah, oh, we had okay. a show needs down here. Yeah, because I, I love me some show needs because, I mean, I like the fact of having a buffet, don't have to wait, and be like, well, here you go. And I'm like, what? I was like, no menus? Yeah. I was like, no, oh, there's your menus out there. Out out there. <laughs> Take what you want. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I, I, haven't eaten there, I haven't eaten there in some years. I think the last time I ate there, I was like maybe seven years old. <laughs> yeah. Shoot. And speaking of that, did you have any other um, athletic background that you would like to share? Uh, actually, no, man. Uh, I didn't play sports in high school. I mean, I played, I played basketball when I was like in the sixth grade, and then I played in the eighth grade when I was living in Germany, and then that was that. it. But oh, other man, than that, like, I, that. yeah, I'm gonna say, but other than that, like in high school, like I never really had any aspirations to play sports. I mean, I was in the JROTC program from ninth to 12th grade because my main thing was joining the military because I wanted to be like my dad. And then once I got to college ROTC, and then that's when I realized the military just wasn't for me. <laughs> hey, so I would rather, so I, I just rather play a military guy than, you know, actually be in, you know, so. Hey, there ain't nothing wrong with that. But to tell you the truth, Man, I think this is my time where I'm going to go ahead and get you, I mean, pass you off to the homie, the super homie. If you slap on the cape of him, he'd be super homie. QT, take it away, my man. Take it. Well, well, thank you, Randy. Hello, Mr. Warking. Hey, how's it going, QT? Oh, it's going pretty well. Now, now Randy uh, emphasized that I was a um, part of the homie scene. It is true. I used to belong to a vicious street gang named after an extra large coffee, the Vente Lattes. Yes. A very vicious person. We we escorted old ladies ag- across the street against their will. Yes. Oh, y'all was just some nice gangsters. <laughs> oh yes. Okay. <laughs> Hello. So y'all watching any of the, uh, y'all watching any of the uh, the pay per views tonight? 
I definitely will be checking out the fast lane, and I will um, try to catch the NWA one. QT, you back with us? Um, yeah. I'm about to say I um I plan on watching fast lane tonight. Because honestly, guys, like, I'm not gonna lie to you. I haven't been watching any like wrestling. Like, I've been watching Monday Night Raw or SmackDown or AEW, NXT. In quite a long time, only time I really watch wrestling is when I'm watching the pay-per-views, and that's it. And then I just go to Twitter, and the IWC will tell me what's going on in the wrestling scene here. So, <clears throat> a sign. Jack QT, are you with us? Yes, I I, had a, I like to apologize to Mr. Working. I was involved in a drive-by tube cutter for my refrigerator. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, Mr. King, I'd like to play an expanded word association. Uh, Sign Guy gave you the main uh, word association a little while ago. Can I play in a, a, a shortened extension with you? Uh, sure. Okay. All right. Bearing in mind, there are no right or wrong answers or choices. Okay. Your first one. All right. Deep fried turkey or Gulf of Mexico oysters. I'm going to go with deep fried turkey. Okay. All right. Bam Bam Bigelow or Triple H. You know, you say there's no right or wrong answer, but I feel like there is a right answer and there's a wrong answer here. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with Triple H because, you know, I don't want him to come across this interview and be like, you didn't pick me. <laughs> and then he'll not sign me to NXT. <laughs> okay. All right. Very good. Okay. Trish Stratus or Stacey Keebler? You know... Growing up, I was all about Trish Stratus, but because she kind of didn't age too well, I'm going to go with Stacy. <laughs> all right. Okay, Stacy, keep on. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Mad Dog Wine or Night Train? <laughs> I don't know. Say that again. Mad Dog Wine or Night Train? Are those both wine? I'm not really a wine drinker here. Oh, okay. Yes, they are. Nitrine is a notorious fruited wine that's very cheap. No, it gets drunk quick. Give me the Mad Dog, because yeah. <laughs> just just for the name. <laughs> oh, okay. Now it is rumored that Randy Zellers likes Nitrine, and Guns N' Roses had a song called Nitrine. Yes, <laughs> that is true. Oh, okay. All right. A family Guy character, Brian the dog, or the Simpsons, Mo the bartender? Brian the dog. <laughs> family Guy. All right, and your last one, ZZ Top, or opera singer, Luciano Pavarotti? Give me ZZ Top. <laughs> All right. Well, Mr. King, as a young boy between the ages of 9 to 12, did you yourself collect any wrestling or baseball cards? And if you did, did you have any, did you have any autograph cards at that age? Uh, I didn't collect any wrestling cards. I did collect action figures. Oh, okay. All right. Well, Mr. War King, recently a Luka Doncic – rookie card, he's the guard for the Dallas Mavericks, went for $4.6 million. It was a uh, graded PSA uh, number 10, and uh, it was a signed rookie card. My question is, how much could a War King game-used patch wrestling card go for? Uh, yes, how much would your uh, used wrestling type patch card go for right now if it was autographed? That's what I'm getting at. Ooh, don't let me lie to you. <laughs> uh, well, being that I'm not that popular, uh, you know, so I'm not an internet darling, so I probably won't go for much. Maybe thirty dollars, maybe. But wow, if I am popular and 
you know, everybody knows who I am, and I got like hundreds of thousands of followers on all my social media outlets, then I would say maybe 150,000. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, Mr. War King, what would it mean to you if you had Kid Rock in as a ring announcer in an event you were at? Kid Rock, how much would that mean to you? Uh, it would probably mean a little bit, but it would mean a lot more to me if I had Bruce or Michael Buffer announcing me to the ring. Ah, uh, Michael Buffer, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I could see. All right. Okay. Well, Mr. King, Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall recently put out the sequel movie, Coming to America 2. My question is... Since Eddie Murphy is King Akeem, did he contact you as the War King if you wanted a cameo in this movie? Were you contacted? Um, Actually, I was not contacted because when I first broke into the wrestling business, I was actually a citizen of Zamunda, and I was representing the great area, the country of Zamunda, and they didn't reach out to me. They didn't even acknowledge me or anything. So I didn't get nothing. So if they do a Coming to America 3 or like a spinoff of that, I'm going to invade the movie set and make my own cameo. Wow. Yeah. Well, Miss Working, it looks like you appeared that you were sowing your wild oats because in Coming to America 2, he has a son that he did not know of. Is this a possible uh, current uh, situation that the War King is facing? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> oh, no. My fiance would kill me. <laughs> All right. Well, Mr. War King, Arsenio Hall also had a part in this movie when he takes on the role of Simi. My question is, if you faced Arsenio Hall in the ring, how fast would he succumb to a War King sidewalk slam? 30 seconds. <laughs> 30 seconds. Oh 30 seconds. Oh, okay. 30 seconds. Okay. Well, Mr. Be War quick. King, uh, <laughs> I saw your YouTube video entitled Diamond Championship Wrestling Main Event versus War and Drill, the Beast Maxwell, and you brought this up before. I think this was the wrestling uh, YouTube video. Um, you talked to Sign Guy earlier. At the seven minute and one second mark of the match, if you freeze the video, you can see a man in the background, actually a front row person, get up and carry his food tray probably to the trash. My question is, how was the concession stand at Diamond Championship Wrestling because he looked like he had the Sloppy Joes? Sloppy Joes. Let's see. I don't think we had Sloppy Joes. I know they got burgers there. Oh, that depends. Because sudden, like if we're if we're in one town, like if we're performing in the VFW, you know they have their own concessions and stuff like that. So they normally do like burgers and nachos and stuff like that. And then if we're in another venue where we, the Diamond Championship Wrestling staff, do the concessions, then it's just mainly like nachos or it's whatever special they got going on that day. So it may be like it may be like a uh, crawfish because. Like I said, we're on the Gulf Coast down here, so we do a lot of seafood down here, you know. So maybe crawfish or shrimp or gumbo or red beans and rice or something like that. So Sloppy Joe's, uh, it wasn't Sloppy Joe's. Okay. All right. Well, Mr. War King, at the 9 minute and 11 second mark of the match, you picked up MTZ for what I thought was going to be a sidewalk slam. However... You did not execute this move. Instead, you stopped halfway down, and with a sudden stop, you had him suspended on your right knee with his back, and you had, you had your right hand on his throat. His lower lumbar section of his spinal cord was placed right above your right knee pad. My question is, 
have you yourself had any lower back problems right above the belt line? Uh, no. <laughs> so I had to get him. Oh, okay. It looked like your opponent would probably have lower back problems as you had him in this hold. I couldn't believe that even though you had him suspended on your knee, his hair touched the ring. The ring. Yes, he had real long. Yes, yes, he has. Yes, MT. His name is MT Two, and yes, he has really long hair. Oh, MT Two, not MTZ. Okay. Yeah, MT Two. It may look like a Z on his tights, but it's really a two. Oh, okay. All right. Well, Mister War King, are you a big fan of Bob's Burgers? Uh, no. Oh, okay. I'll just kind of scratch out my question here. It had something to do with uh, Teddy Teddy's uh, diet. Okay, I'm just bouncing this out. Okay, Mr. War King, have you met a wrestler named Vladimir Koloff? And isn't Vladimir Koloff the general manager or wanted to be the general manager of Diamond Championship Wrestling? Uh, I'm very, very, very familiar with... Uh... Vladimir Koloff. So familiar with him where I don't want to be familiar with him. I'm very familiar with him. And yes, there was one point in time where he wanted to be the general manager of Diamond Championship Wrestling. Thank God that that didn't happen because he would have turned that promotion to run it into the... And we don't need that. Oh, it's, this is kind of spicy. It sounds like you have a little bit of heat with uh, Mr. Koloff. Do tell, please. Oh, yes. This is lifetime. <laughs> He's like that fly when you're at a barbecue or a family function outside. He's like that fly that does not leave you alone. It just follows you. That's exactly what he is. Oh, my gosh. Wow, a fly. Okay. Oh, boy. I'm going to have to do more research into this. Okay. Very good. Okay. Okay. Well, Mr. King... If Diamond Championship Wrestling had a wrestling bracket like the NCAA basketball bracket, what seed would War and B Beast be seated? War and Beast. We'll be, no, team. we'll be number one. <laughs> we'll be number one. But unfortunately, you know, the powers that be, you know, want to split us up, so we're doing our own thing. Oh, okay. All right. Well, Mr. King... Have you ever wrestled in the Gulfport area of Mississippi? And I ask this because in one of my last years in the Coast Guard, they had me going temporary duty to Gulfport, Mississippi, to give the Coast Guard station cook a break, and I filled in for him. And this was right before Katrina hit. I have a soft spot in my heart for Gulfport, but I uh, – I uh, segue into myself at being a Vente Latte gang member. Um, how did you, uh, have you wrestled in Goldport? That's my question. Uh, no, I have not been that because not a lot of promotions actually run out in uh, Gulfport. I mean, they'll have promotions that try to run in Gulfport, but they don't really do too well. You know, draw's not there. Uh, Gulfport is like the biggest city on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. So, you know, I mean, give or take, you know, so they don't really do too well, you know, there. So, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, Mr. King, I hope you uh, will someday make it up here to the Northwest and sample some of our uh, king salmon or sockeye salmon and uh, hopefully not in the winter because in the western part of the state it can get down to like uh, – 26 degrees, but um, I think you'd like our evergreen seed here, and um, at this time, I'm going to turn it back over to the sign guy. All right. <laughs> Thank you, QT. Well, working, we're down to the last few minutes of our show today, and I want to make sure there's ample time, so if you have anything you want to say to the listeners, plug and promote Anything and everything, the social medias, the merchandise, live events, your favorite laundromat, anything you want, floor is all yours. <laughs> favorite laundromat. <laughs> you 
guys can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at war underscore king, the number nine, and the word deuce. Once again, that's war underscore king, the number nine, and the word deuce. And it's 92 because I was born in 1992. So that's Instagram and Twitter. You can follow me on those. Um, Facebook, you can find me on Facebook at LB Hughes. Uh, that's my name. You know, it's kind of like my my personal slash wrestling page, you know what I mean? Because I post all my wrestling stuff there. Uh, so people can just get to know me and get to know the person who I am and the man behind the War King and everything. Uh, I have a show coming up uh, March 27th, uh, Diamond Championship Wrestling. We're going to be in Pascagoula, Mississippi. So if I have any Gulf Coast people listening to the show, uh, please come down and watch. Uh, we'll be at the uh, VFW over there, right behind the uh, the hospital down there in uh, Pasadena, Mississippi. So you guys come on out, get some good family-friendly entertainment, and watch the working kick some butt. Uh, t-shirts. I don't have any. I don't have a t-shirt website yet. I just been ordering some and just selling them locally. Uh, but I am working on getting a pro wrestling tea store and a Teespring store. Well, I probably do Teespring. And you can guys just, you know, just get some merch there and help me out. Yeah. War King, it has been a pleasure having you on Turnbuckle Turmoil today. We definitely appreciate the time that you took to be with us. Best of luck to you as you continue upwards in your career. Hopefully I'll make it out there for a DCW show at some point. I would love to get out there and check out the show in person, but you guys are doing great things out there, and hopefully that will continue. Oh, yes, and I don't know if you talked to this guy yet, but you should reach out to Brandon Turner. He's the owner of Kings of Wrestling Podcast, so you guys can check him out on that. Duly noted, and I will definitely have to do that. Oh, yes. And I appreciate you guys having me on the show. QT, keep doing what you do. Stay out of trouble. You know, leave the gang life alone. You know, it's not, you know, like it, it doesn't last forever. You know what I mean? Only two things happen. You're either going to die or you're going to go to jail. So, so leave the street life alone, man. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Randy, you got anything you want to plug, promote, Jay? Well, let's see here. Um I know that Northwest Pro will be back at Curly's down in uh, Post Falls, Idaho, um, the 27th. Uh, the 27th, that's 21 and up show. I'm not sure. I forgot who I'm. I mean, actually, I don't know who I'm wrestling, but but for my opponent, uh, good luck to you. And uh, you're going to get that ass. Uh, we're going to go ahead and beat that ass. <laughs> And, um, oh, and my brother's um, my brother D Macuno has his nightly strange on any podcast platform, and it airs every time on Monday. It's called the Nightly Strange, and it's a uh, pretty much it's hip hop. So that's all I got to plug and promote. All right, well, and, uh, thank you, our uh, former guest as. Formally and finally opened up his pro wrestling tea store. Uh, he has been going through a lot of medical issues the last few years. Medical bills have piled up huge for him, so we have opened up a pro wrestling tea store for him. If you have the availability and the funds, go pick up a T-shirt for Stuart Kemp. All the proceeds, of course, going to him to help with the medical bills and. That if you go to Pro Wrestling Tees and just do the search for Stuart Kemp, I have two of my T-shirts left available. I only have two left in this run, so if you want a shirt, shoot me a message, and we can get you a shirt. And also want to remind people, like Randy did, next week on the 27th, Hauser's Curly uh, Junction, Northwest Pro. It's going to be back there in Idaho, so if you're in the area, check that out. And then I believe that's all we have today. We want to um, send our condolences out today. Uh, the uncle of Randy Orton, the brother of Bob Orton Jr., the son of Bob Orton Sr., the big O, 
Uh, you might know him best as Barry O from the WWF, but Barry Orton passed away at the age of 62, so we want to send condolences to all of his friends and comrades in wrestling. So join us next week. Uh, we'll be back with you with Reggie Lincoln. And next Friday, you can catch us. We'll have Princess Victoria and her co-author of her brand-new autobiography, John Cosper, with us to talk about the book and host of other things. So stay safe out there. Check out your local wrestling when it comes near you. And we will talk to you later. Shout out to Reginald Lincoln, man. That's my boy out of Texas, man. Well, Bill Forrest has to stop next to the other